Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Mm, yummy, 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 excited. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Welcome, Jocelyn. I'm so glad to have you here on the podcast. I'm so glad to start the new year this way. Um, the new calendar year, that is, if you follow mm-hmm. that system. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself in whatever way feels good for the audience or for you today or whatever feels right. But I'll just say, like I say on most episodes, we connected through social media and have been following each other for a little while. And um, that's been really fun. (laughs) I love, I love your work. I love your, like the visual of it, the language of it, the energy of it. It's just really beautiful. And I have done two other episodes, I think only two. Oh, maybe three Um, with guests who do post-abortion work. And I know your work is even more um, involved than that. But, and so I think there's been three and two are no longer doing the work. And so one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you is I think I'm just so excited that, that we're doing this work. I know I'm going to be in it for a very, very long time. And I hope you are too, but as I continue growing my business and expanding my voice in the world, like I want to attract more and more coaches and healers to this work. So I was like, I know the perfect episode for the beginning of the new year. And here you are. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you so, so much. Yay. Go ahead and tell the audience who you are. It's so lovely um, to actually connect with you as well. Cause sometimes I think on social media, we can, go oh yep 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 and we had these relationships but we don't ever get to sit in front of someone sometimes so it's so beautiful to do that together um so my name's Jocelyn and I work as a miscarriage and abortion supporter yeah so I support women and their support networks through either um, miscarriages or abortions um and what kind of got me to this this space is yep. I had a miscarriage when I was 17 mm-hmm. um, and very much just put up in a little box and never dealt with it. Just kind of was like, yep, cool. We'll never come back to that space. Um, and then we fast forward a number of years. And when I was 25, I fell pregnant with my partner and it just didn't feel like the right time yeah. for us for so many reasons. And I felt like there was just this huge stigma behind all of it. Um, And so that's when I started really healing myself and Mm. healing my journey. And I always say like, it's quite interesting when we were going through our process um, of making a decision. And when we made the decision, I really wanted our angel or our soul to have a name. Mm. Um, And I always said, I was like, so I've got Charlotte, who's my miscarriage and then Oakland, who's my abortion and um both my beautiful girls and we both my partner and I both said we were like 
we wanted her to have a legacy. Mm. We, and I didn't know mm. what that meant at that point. I just yeah. was like, she yeah. has to be named. She has to have a purpose. There has to be yeah. a legacy left for her. Um, and so as I sort of worked on myself, I've been on a spiritual journey for a number of years. Um, and as I sort of moved through this coaching space and moved through everything, I was like, this is what I meant to do. Mm. Um, and it became actually so clear to me one time when I went down south with my partner and the place that we had had no internet and no computer, like phone access, nothing, which I loved. My partner absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> But that's when all like those downloads, mm. all that intuitiveness came in and was like, this is what I meant to do. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of has just been history from there. And, you know, I I get to help so many beautiful women through this space. And very much like you, I'm, I very much feel I'm in this for the long run. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, if you're ever into astrology and things like that, um, the one of my big... Um, I can't remember what it is now, I've forgotten. But essentially one of my reasons in my personal birth chart is this um, same day as Oakland's due date. And it's like, what is your purpose on this earth? Whoa. And it's like, <laughs> I just sit there and I'm like, this was all meant to happen at this time. And wow. and everything else was in that space. So yeah. I That is so cool. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Oh my goodness. It. Okay. And how long ago was this that you started, you had the miscarriage at 25 and then like how much later was it that you had that realization that this was not just healing work personal healing work but something that you were meant to give to, to the world yeah like I yeah. know you said we wanted her to have a legacy but like what was the timeline here what did it look yeah like? yeah yeah so um I had my miscarriage when I was 17 but then when I was 25 so we released um Oakland on in July and my business's first birthday is the October oh, so, so it was about pretty four- fast pretty fast yeah. yeah I always knew I wanted to do something coaching and healing like I was already inclined that way yeah. but probably just hadn't found the main driver and yeah. what was like this is what I meant to do I was kind of like meh, meh, meh. Yeah. and then when this sort of came into fruition um but as so many people I ignored my intuition for a long time both for about <laughs> at least four months before I started to take some action Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was probably another four months until I really stepped into this space and and that was really because I had to work on myself I had to release I've I've grown up in a very Catholic family so I had Mm -hmm. to release all those belief systems that were taught to me Mm -hmm. I had to release that feeling of judgment from people which you know I get to help people through that now so it's so nice um, that I walked it I would at the time I'm sure I would have never said it was nice to walk but yeah yeah. you know it was those things so yeah so Oakland's had her um first her due date was on the 3rd of March 2021 Mm -hmm. um and so it'll be her second birthday soon her first birthday soon pretty new yeah good for you for doing this work that's amazing thank Um, you let me think like I don't, I think it took me, well, it was actually, it was only a little bit longer 
it's only a little bit longer, but you feel so like, I can tell it was just meant for you because it feels like you've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's yeah. one of the funniest things is like, I think, cause I've done a lot of my spirit, I've done some of my spiritual journey beforehand. Um, and I, my background is as a physio. And so I knew that physio wasn't my, my final thing. I knew that that wasn't what I was here for. Like, yeah, I was great at it. Yeah. I, well, I, I still work a little bit in it, but yeah, I'm great at it. And yeah, I, um, I love the work that I do, but it doesn't light me up in the same way. Like, you know, when I've, when I finish a session with supporting, um, my clients, I can literally go out and go for like a run where, if I do a few physio clients, I'm like, okay, I just want to come home and, and watch some TV mm. and chill out and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it just really lights me up and, yeah. and seeing how far people can come as well. And um, one of my favourite things that a lot of my clients will say at the end of the sessions is they'll go, I just love how freely we can talk about it and how mm. freely we can use the word and it's not judged and it's not... Um, we're not hiding behind the word. So I use the word abortion. I don't yeah. use the word ter- yeah. um, terminate. I don't use the yeah. word um, voluntary release is another one. Sometimes I hear people say, and if that's what my clients would like me to say, then I, of course I respect that space. But I use the word abortion because that's the, that's what happened. And, yeah. and yeah. we need to release that tabooness and that judgment in society. Yeah. I just, um, well, as you know, I just published this book. And yeah, which is a, so exciting. Congratulations, yeah, it beautiful. It's so exciting. I'm so delighted by it. Um, but an older man in my local community said in a Facebook post, um, I wish I could remember it right off the top of my head, but he said something like, some abortions aren't cho- like... Um, some abortions are chosen by God. Like some abortions are chosen by other things or nature. And I was like, Mm. that's so interesting. I never really thought about it that way. Like, but it makes sense. It's the exact same process, like Mm. of letting go of the pregnancy, ending the growth. Um, Mm. But I just thought it was so interesting the way he said it like so naturally that it's still an abortion if some other god spirit universe nature decides it's an end like i mean we know that because it's called a spontaneous abortion if it's a miscarriage Mm. but Mm. um yeah it was just really beautiful to hear this like older gentleman in the community like talk about it that way yeah (laughs) it's kind of unexpected yeah Yeah, i had this um mind this one time i had this um i was in a conversation with someone about it and um they were very much like, oh, I just don't think that you should give a baby a name um, if you've had an abortion or I don't think you should, um, it wasn't, you didn't lose anything. And it was, and that was their conversation and I very much disagree. And I was like, well, if I had had a miscarriage, you would be saying that it was a baby and that I could give it a name. And that person's face just went blank and they were like, I've never thought about it like that. And it's like, exactly. So why do we treat these two things so differently? If you've had a miscarriage, you know, um, so much love and support goes around, around you and, and that is so needed and so warranted. So 
it's making sure that we do that for the people who've had an abortion as well and yeah. giving them that love and support and wrapping them up so that they feel loved and and while they grieve yeah absolutely I don't know about you but I didn't think too much about abortion until I was faced with my choice um I just sort of knew it was something that should exist and should be accessible but I didn't really think too much about it I didn't even recognize like how emotionally complex it was until I went through it and I think that is how most people feel like until they've been through it they have no idea what it's really like and I think both of the work that we are doing in the world is like kind of showing that it's like a window into how complex it is and how worthy of love and attention it is yeah Yeah. and and the pain isn't just necessarily for that short period of time after um you know I I've had so many different conversations so many different people but um I've had this one I'll tell just two stories if that's okay. Tell all um, the stories you want. I get to tell my stories every I'm episode. A, so I'm such a yabberer as well. So just tell me to stop talking. My my parents always say I was born talking. So um, yeah, bless. But um, one client that I had, she she had two ten um, year old twins, mm. and she came and started working with me. And um, she said, literally one of the first things she said to me was, "I hate my kids." And I was like, okay, well, like, let's talk about that. Like, where's that coming from? And what it had come down to was that her, she had an an abortion 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so she was really struggling with this concept that she had said no to one life and then said yes to another two lives a year later. And I remember when it was like one of our last sessions, she said to me, she was like, I woke up this morning and I smiled at my kids. And I was just like, but I really meant it. And to me, it's just like, this is so important, no matter where you are on your journey, yeah. um, because it impacts every relationship. You know, the, the amount of relationships that go through this as well, that there becomes this tension because one person is really grieving potentially. And when we're in grief, two our relationships are always a little bit rocky. Yeah. Um, and another story that I have is I was um, talking with this lady and she was in her 70s and um, I was telling her what I did and all this sort of stuff and she, her jaw like dropped to the ground and mm, I straight away was like, oh goodness, <laughs> have I met, have I bumped into a pro-lifer and, um, you know, I'm going to get a lecture and all this stuff and I just took a really big deep breath yeah. and um and I don't really engage in those conversations. I just go that if that's your belief system, I'm not here to change it. I'm actually here to support others. Yeah. Um, but she turned to me and she said, she was like, I think this work is so important. And she proceeded to tell me how when she was 16, she was driven to a clinic. She didn't know what was going on. She was driven to a clinic. She went to the clinic. She then got driven home. And that was the end of the conversation. And she was 16 and she was 70 in her 70s now and she said she was like I have not told anyone that including wait are you saying she didn't even know she was having an abortion no no she didn't know that that was what was happening she just literally got driven to the clinic and she said it was never a conversation that we had before during or after um 
And so then when, you know, she told me that and I said, thanks obviously for sharing your story and all this stuff. And I just, I gave her the biggest hug of just like, that to me is what I don't want to happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that holding on to that pain and, you know, what happens then and what, what I see is we build walls around our heart and we mm-hmm. become so defensive and we become so, because we're so pre- trying to protect our broken heart mm-hmm. and because we haven't necessarily been loved on and supported, it's very difficult for us to, to stand there and know that someone's going to catch us. Yeah. So we put on armour, we put on walls, we put on everything so that no one can hurt us. But yeah. what that sometimes does is hurt us more. So it's those things that I go like, this is where mm-hmm. this work is just so important, breaking it down and working out for you how how you want to live your life. And a lot of my clients as well, and a lot of people say to me, they're like, it was a big turning point. It was a big changing point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I very much felt like that for me. It was a, it was a point and um, like pivotal point in my life. Yeah. I think this is so interesting, the visual of the walls, because, you know, what we hear most from the people who come to us, at least I'm, I'm assuming, okay. What mm-hmm. I hear most from the people who come to me is I feel so alone. I feel so Mm -hmm. isolated, right? And the way you describe the walls is what so many people don't realize is a a large chunk of that isolation is just self-driven. Like Mm -hmm. it's self-created, you know, are people like us ready to love you and welcome you in and embrace you and hear your story and help you heal. And yes, um, stigma and culture and lack of good education do isolate us in a way Mm. but we don't need to add to that isolation by putting up those walls like um so it is a way that we protect ourselves but it's also a way that we harm ourselves yeah absolutely yeah and it's about taking those walls down or giving the key to that door to the right people and saying yeah you you can come in and you can love and support me but yeah, some people, you know, some people don't get to come in just yet, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, I feel like the difference too is like, do I want to tell my story to this person? Mm-hmm. Or do I feel like I can't tell my story to yeah. this person? Right? It's like, yeah, I can't tell them because then I'll be exposed and, and I'll be kicked out of the tribe and I'll be whatever it looks like. Or like, it's mine and it's intimate and I don't care to share it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like what's driving the holding? What's driving the, the walling up? Yeah. yeah. And who, who does get to the privilege of me sharing that with them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe that is no one. Yeah. But then it's going, well, what bits of information can I share with my loved ones? Yeah. Oh. I have a question. Why do you think there are so few of us? There are so (laughs) many women and people, like there's just so many people with uteruses who have abortions and there's so few of us. Why is that? This is probably the best question (laughs) I've ever had. Oh my goodness. I I know we're not that special. I mean, I know we are special. We are very special. We are amazing human beings. We are amazing coaches. We are amazing healers. But like, what? 
I've never thought about this until I asked you the question. So it's not something I have an answer prepared for. <laughs> like, what is it? Why, why are so many, maybe share some of the things that like, I don't know. It sounds like you just jumped into the work. I definitely had to cross hurdles to get into it, but yeah. What do you think? I definitely, <laughs> I feel like I definitely had to cross, cross hurdles. Um, and I still have to cross those hurdles now. Um, you know, and there's still things that will come up for me and I work on them and I break it down and things like that. Um, oh, this is such a tricky question. Um, it's so strange because it's just like not a clear answer. Yeah. And I think about it and I go, well, there's lots of like in the, in the world that I know, there's lots of trauma coaches and there's lots of these holistic coaches Mm -hmm. and lots of intuitive coaches, Mm -hmm. but you know, other than yourself, I really don't know of anyone who actively is a abortion coach or abortion supporter or whatever that might look like for them. Um, I think there's probably lots of different, there's lots of prongs to this, to this fork, but I think that you really have to be rooted and okay in your decision. You really have to, like for me, like I've got to be, like I am, and you have to be really like, yeah, it was the right decision for me and I stand mm. by that. And a lot of forgiveness, forgiving yourself um, if that's where, where you need to hold forgiveness or forgiving someone else or whatever that might look like. I think as well, like I can't speak for you, but I, I do get a lot of negative comments um, on Instagram and I do get a lot of negative mm-hmm. messages, which they get filtered out straight away. We just remove them um, and they're, they're not something that I go back and forth with I'm not not interested in playing that game um but I think you have to have quite a thick skin to kind Mm. of deal with that at a consistent Mm -hmm. basis Mm. um so I'm going to thank my two brothers for having a thick skin um (laughs) they taught me to be very resilient um (laughs) I have two brothers too so this isn't oh maybe maybe that's part (laughs) of the criteria um calling all coaches with two brothers we need you in the field um I think as well it's really vulnerable work you know Mm -hmm. like I I really share my highs and my lows and I you know um I've been very blessed I've met a few people in person and they're like one thing that I love about you Joss is that if I meet you in person you're the exact same as what you were Mm -hmm. this morning on your Instagram stories yeah they're like there is not two different versions of you and and that's something that I really um really hold special is that like Mm -hmm. I want to be authentic and I want to be like that and that's why I do show when I'm having a bit more of an average day you know but I also show what tools I'm doing to get myself back where I need to be um so yeah I feel like maybe it's just a mixture of you have to not you have to but like being on your own spiritual being grounded in who you are and being resilient it's interesting, maybe. right? Because both of us know so many people who are on their own spiritual journey. They are on their own mental wellness journey. They are, like you said, trauma-informed healers. They are, but they're still not choosing this niche. They're not still, like, it is very I wonder, unique. though, as well, if it's something that you have to experience, um, which I know I some of them, like, that. some of mine have. Yeah. Like, I know I some of the trauma... That. Yeah, I could never it, have done the work at the capacity I do now if I no. hadn't. No way. No, I couldn't have even touched it. 
I also think it's fascinating that both of us um, do have a spiritual connection with the pregnancies. And the reason I think that's interesting is like I, I write a Dear Babies post on social media every Sunday. It's just like become mm. like every Tuesday and Friday, I write a what I wish love note. And every Sunday I write a Dear Babies note. And I say in that, like, this is totally optional. Nobody has to have a spiritual relationship with that pregnancy or those pregnancies. Um, but I do find that my clients who choose that have the deepest, most transformational experience. So yeah. again, there's kind of only two of us. <laughs> Another woman, Terry Swan, she's in Canada. So I'm, I'm sure you can tell by Jocelyn's um, accent that we are not in the same country, <laughs> which is so cool that we're on other sides of the world. Um, there is a woman, Terry Swan in Canada, who's doing some womb healing work and with some focus on abortion but yeah just the level to which we are speaking about it is is really quite unique and I would like to call in more of us like I do have like a very long-term goal down the road to to be able to understand the work so deeply that I can train other people to to do this right to like have a team of abortion coaches yeah um but I'm not there yet (laughs) I mean I'm sure I could but it's not work I'm ready to do right now I feel like a a lot of other focus um but I I would like to call in more of us I would like absolutely and and everyone's journey has been so different as well like your your journey would be so different to mine and one of the amazing things about being a human is that we connect with humans that feels right and aligned for us. So I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I don't try to be everyone's cup of tea, but you might be the perfect cup of tea for them. And so it's so nice to have options for people to go, I want help, but maybe Jocelyn doesn't resonate for me. And then it's going, well, perfect. Go to this person and see if that person resonates with you and that person and that Mm -hmm. person until you find the right person for you yeah Um, I recommended you to someone simply because they were in Australia I was like you do know there's a coach over there like that (laughs) might be a better fit just just check us both out and and decide but that's helpful too like even um for us to book this podcast call was a little bit challenging and I have had I have had clients all over the world but some are a little more challenging to book calls yeah. with, with the time, with the time differences, the time differences. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's, it's very interesting. Um, maybe just speaking this out loud to the world will call yeah. in some more people. Um, I think too, it is very entrepreneurial work and that alone that also is a journey I mean I am so committed to this I have put in thousands and thousands and thousands of unpaid hours to to speak what is my truth into the world and not everybody's cut out for that either so there's that piece of it too that you know, there aren't organizations like hiring abortion coach. And you have to overcome each doubt and each thing and each bit of self-sabotage. Yeah. Um, 
And that's really hard as well. Yeah. I feel for you with the negative comment. I, I can honestly say I don't, I get maybe one every few months. Mm. Um, but again, we're in totally different communities, totally different cultures. Like, yeah, I think that is, I, we have, you know, it's just where we are. Um, but when I do get them, they used to sting a lot. Now I, now I'm just moving on, moving on. But yeah. There have been some zingers. There's been some zingers There's along been, the way. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a few and I'm like, Ooh, that one hit me yeah. to the core. Yeah. But, um, each time you get stronger. Yeah, we do get stronger. Yeah. And we want to, we want to, mm. we want that. I think that you're right. You talked about the thick skin earlier but it's this blend of the thick skin and the sensitivity and the compassion. That's just really, really special. Yeah. I was saying a client sent me like articles once that people had written about me, like full on articles about how horrible I was. I was like, wow, that's lovely. (laughs) Sometimes I sit there as well. I'm like, wow, you have a lot of time on your hands. Like, do you want to do some of the stuff that I've got to do? Like you can, I can give you productive stuff to do if you want productive stuff. <laughs> oh, oh. um do you want to share any of your favorite tools that you use or like um a particular group yeah like you said we have very different stories you know I'm I had my abortion as a mother of three like three well-established kids like I was mm-hmm. done done growing my family um So we have a lot of differences in our stories. I'm sure that attracts different people, but do you have any like certain kinds of clients that, that keep coming to you or certain tools that you use over and over again that, that somebody might want to hear? Yeah. Well, I have so many, probably I'm going to give two. So my first one um, that I give pretty much all my clients Mm -hmm. is to write a love versus obligation list. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what can happen is we feel like, especially after um, a situation that's happened, so whether it be abortion or a miscarriage or some other life um, experience, it doesn't have to be related to those two, that we fill our lives with so much stuff and then we go, I don't have any time for me. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we're just running and running and running and running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I sometimes get my clients to do is I get them to do almost like an order of their life. And I get them to get a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle, up the top, write one side love and on the other side, write obligation. Mm. And what you're going to do is you go through your previous weeks and write all the things that you did out, um, the things that you did with love and all the things that you did with obligation. Mm. So good. It's such a scary list. When I first did, I had two <laughs> things out of freaking love. And then I think it was like 45 things out of obligation. And I was like, oh my god no wonder I feel so exhausted Mm -hmm. because I'm doing so much out of obligation Mm -hmm. now sometimes there are things that we do have to do out of obligation you know there's sometimes it's like like for me at the moment I um, am rehabbing my knee I've damaged my knee joint Um, Mm -hmm. and so I have to go to the gym every day I have to go to the pool every day So sometimes it can feel like an obligation, but for me, I've actually changed it into, I get to spend an hour just focusing on my body and loving on my body. Three words you just said, I get to. Huge, huge. Huge. 
And for me, it's like you can change some of those things. You can't change every obligation, but you can change some of them so that you're coming from a place yeah. of love. Yeah. So I love doing that. And then I just get clients to go, okay, well, that was last week. How can I increase my love week this week? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're going to go from two to 25 or anything like that. Like two to three is great. Let's yeah. just do that Absolutely. and break that down. And it's true. Um, like if we really think about it, there's a lot of things that, that are get to's like mm-hmm. getting to pay your electric bill. Like yeah. that can feel like, oh my God, the bills are here. But it's also like, I just, I just had a post on my regular, like just my regular Facebook page that was mm-hmm. saying, we live in the most amazing time. And I know mm-hmm. there's like a lot of shit going down in the world and it's, it's messy, but how amazing is it? So mm-hmm. many things that we can do today that could not be done before even just turning on the electricity, like (laughs) that's a big deal. And so being able to have that perspective and go from like, oh, I have to pay the bills to I get to pay someone to give me electricity. Like that is, that's that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And And that that electricity gets me, that electricity then gets me, you know, ability to be able to connect all across the world. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's, it's this whole it's this whole gratitude process of, mm-hmm. of linking those things down. Yeah. But it um, does have to be genuine. You can't just. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't just say it and not believe it. But it, that takes practice too. Believing takes practice. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that was and one. Evidence. What was the other? Um, the other thing I love for my clients to do is to try and block out at least a two to three hour period once a week to that's their solo date time. So that's the time that they get to just spend doing whatever they want to do. They don't have to plan it. It can literally be get to the time and be like, I just want to have a cup of tea or I don't know what I want to do, but maybe I'll start reading my book. And then 10 minutes in, you might go, actually, I don't feel like reading my book. I'm going to do this or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's that time to connect in with yourself. But it's also the time that 95% of my clients say, that's when they hear from this like their mm. angel their soul that's when mm. they get to ground that's oh, when they get to connect and it's because we live sometimes so up here with all yeah. the things to do yeah and it's going you know what this is your self-love time yeah. um so for some examples that I've done is you know I'll take two or three hours to I won't have a shower for two or three hours but I'll have a shower and yeah. then I'll moisturize and I'll literally take half an hour moisturizing my body and just loving my mm. body And then I might do a bit of journaling. I might do a bit of yoga and two hours has gone very quickly. Um, Or I might go out and take myself out for a coffee. I might actually go walk myself down to the coffee shop, sit without my phone and just savor each each little bit. And then I might go the long way home, for instance, rather than the shorter direct way. Um, I might book a massage. You know, I might actually go, I want to be given some physical Mm, touch and loved on it. I want to receive yeah and so and two three hours is easy to find if you think about it in terms of think about an evening after work it doesn't have to be on the weekend it can be an evening after work Uh it can be a morning before work it can be an extended lunch break it Uh can be on the weekends it can be whenever suits you but Uh really creating and carving out that time for you because if you don't do it no one else will yeah Interesting. 
I don't really do either of those exercises. So I love that. <laughs> there you go. Um, I was also imagining, um, as you said it, like that carving out two to three hours can feel really hard at first, but I think what can feel harder than finding the time is the fear of being with yourself for that amount of time. And so if I were to do that, I would write on my calendar, like learning how to love myself, learning what I want, like being curious about my desires, like, because then I would be less intimidated by like, than just me time. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say to clients as well, like, or people I'll be like, don't, you know, if you sit down to read your book, because that's what you thought you wanted to do. And five minutes in, you're reading the same sentence six times because you don't actually want to do that. (laughs) Then change it. You can go and do something else. No one is holding you accountable to to what that looks like, you know. Um, And, you know, something that's always fascinating is saying to people, what do you do for you? What What do you like to do? And people go, I don't know. And I go, fantastic. Yeah. You get to find that now. Yes. You get That'd to find what lights you up. Um, yeah. Find what I, yeah. Find what lights me yeah. up. That'd be a great way to write it. Yeah. I think so many people, I think a lot of people struggle after abortions in particular because they think they're supposed, they made this very powerful decision about their lives and they think they're supposed to now know what to do. They're supposed to know, well, I made this decision because I wanted someone, something else. So I should know what that is, but we're not taught to know what we want. Like, I don't know about on your side of the world, but <laughs> I think we're not that different, right? Like our cultures are very similar. Like nobody's teaching us. To- You're taught to nine to five, the hustle. You're yeah. taught that you yeah. have to give, you have to work hard. You have to play hard. And, um, my dad once said that to me. He's like, you've got to work hard and play hard. And I said, can I not just like work the right amount and play the right amount? Like, why does it have yeah. to be hard? Yeah. Why, why does it have to be hard? And it <laughs> doesn't, you know, it can be yeah. easy. We can be in flow, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think too, oh, it's interesting funny. as you were sharing that exercise about setting aside the two to three hours, I think I would have needed to do that earlier in the transition I think now it's so integrated into my life like I just am always following what I want I'm always Mm. following what feels good in my body um I do schedule my life by a calendar but I also move things around on my calendar like I honor appointments but if it says edit podcast and I don't feel like editing the podcast I'd rather edit the podcast when I'm like full of love and joy for the podcast. So I do mm. it the next morning. Like um, when you feel cold. Yeah. When I feel drawn to it, when it feels good mm. to do, because if it feels good for me to do, it feels good for you to listen to. Exactly. Um, yeah. But setting aside time to learn those feelings in your body, to learn what you want and what you enjoy and how to follow yourself. It's a big deal. It's such a good yeah. exercise. Oh, thank you, beautiful. Anything else you wanted to come today to share? 
Where you feel I don't complete. Think so. I feel complete. I hope yeah. that that's really um, helped everyone. And I, I trust that there was one at least little moment that resonated with someone. Mm, I trust there were many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really great to have you here. Um, where can people find you? Um, the biggest place is on Instagram. That's where I hang out sort of the most. Um, so I'm jocelyn.coaching. Um, that's my biggest spot. I do obviously have a website just to have a website and I've got a Facebook but group and things like that. But most people hang out with me on Instagram and that's where I'm there. So yeah. And if you love dogs, you'll get to see my dog regularly as well, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so good. So good. I love you when you said that. I have a website because you just have a website, but like I, sometimes I'll go to like add a page to my website or whatever. I'm like, why do I even have it? Does anyone even go to my website? Like who goes yeah. to websites? <laughs> the one thing I will say, though, um, I did get kicked off Instagram uh, about a month or so oh, ago, I think it was. And so it was really helpful to still have my website so people could still find me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's jocelyn.coach. But yeah, like yeah. It, I, I'm like, how do I have a website? But we do. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's really cool. But yeah, come and slide into my messages and I'm a lover of voice notes. So voice note me if that if you feel called. If not, type it out and we'll have a chat. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, have an amazing year. I Thank you. am Thank so you. excited to see what we both create this year. Me too. And it's so exciting to see someone on the other side of the world Yay. grow in this beautiful space as well. I know. Let's call <laughs> in the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice.